another episode of Infinite Banter. My name is Mark Jolf, and I appreciate everybody for listening. Thanks for checking in. Happy free comic book day, and happy May the 4th be with you. It's May 4th, so it's Star Wars Day, and uh, free comic book day is always a big deal every year. It comes out right around the first Saturday of May, somewhere around there. So it's always nice to go check out your free uh, comics that you can get at your local comic book store. Go support those comic book stores and uh, grab the free comics, but then also buy a couple comic books or a pop or a statue or anything, a trade, whatever. Definitely support Comic Book Day. It's also Star Wars Day, and I would be remiss if I did not you know, recognize that Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca for all those years, he passed away on April 30th. It was announced on the second day he had passed away. So uh, rest in peace to Peter Mayhew. He played Chewbacca from the beginning. From what I remember, uh, he did not play him in Solo or The Last Jedi, but he did play him in parts for The Force Awakens. He kind of passed a baton on to the next actor who's now playing him. So rest in peace to Peter Mayhew. And also rest in peace to John Singleton, the director who most people know him from directing Boys in the Hood. And he was the first African-American director to be nominated for an Oscar. He was also the youngest director to be nominated for an Oscar. He did not win. I remember I had to look it up here and then see who did he lose to that year with Boys in Hood being such a great movie. And it was to Jonathan Demme and Silence of the Lambs. And Silence of the Lambs cleaned up the Oscars. So I understand it's a movie that's uh, one of the better movies of that decade and probably one of the better movies of all time. So unfortunately, it was just the wrong year for that movie to get nominated and for him to get a Best Director nomination. But that's okay. Um, We will always remember John Singleton. And he had, uh, had a stroke and went into a coma. And there were conflicting reports on if he had passed on or not. But unfortunately, he did. Uh, did succumb to the stroke. Boys in Hood is the one everybody knows him for, but also he did Baby Boy, which is another movie that I think for a while it was it was always thought of that he and Tupac would work together, kind of like Scorsese and De Niro. And I think Tupac was originally supposed to be in Baby Boy, and Tyrese ended up taking that role. But Baby Boy is a big movie, and I think it's not enough recognition. Of course, he made Poetic Justice with Tupac and Janet Jackson, and uh, he did one of the Fast and Furious movies, Higher Learning. That's one with Ice Cube, and uh, Michael Rappaport plays the uh, skinhead neo-Nazi or whatever halfway through the movie. And that movie is a little creepy because it still kind of feels too current with what's going on in uh, places like Charlottesville a couple years ago. A lot of lot of good movies by John Singleton, and a lot of those movies that he made had great soundtracks. I mean, Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning. The soundtracks always were just as good as the movies. A lot of those movies in the 90s, what Boys in the Hood did was it kind of created this new genre, and a lot of people called them hood movies, but you had movies like Menace to Society and South Central, Juice, New Jersey Drive. It's like the soundtracks are just as important as the movies and the soundtracks are just as big. It was really a big deal that John Singleton made Boys in the Hood. A lot of other movies are made based on the strength of Boys in the Hood. And of course, Boys in the Hood opened up the eyes of many people, not just in this country, but around the world about what's going on in the inner city, specifically the West Coast. So yeah, really two big losses this week, uh, John Singleton and Peter Mayhew. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so it was really tough to hear that Peter Mayhew had passed on. I believe he was at Star Wars Celebration, was here a few weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure if that's when he started feeling ill, because I think I read that he had left before the whole uh, Celebration weekend was over. But uh, yeah, rest in peace to both of those guys. Two guys will not be forgotten. They had made an impact on pop culture with movies, that there will be always something for us to watch and remember them by. So rest in peace to both of those guys. Also, really excited to bring you an interview I did with Shazza McKenzie. She is the current PWWA women's champion you've seen her on shimmer and rise and nxt really had fun talking to her and i'm going to play that interview for you guys and you can listen and hear what it's like for somebody like her she's from australia coming over to america being a wrestler wrestling in different cities and everything she's done with wrestling and what's up next for her and i'm really excited i got to see her wrestle live when i went to the shimmer and the rise event about uh it was at the end of March, so really excited to play that interview for you guys, and she was really fun to talk to. So I'll play the Shazza McKenzie interview here, and then after that, just in case some of you have not seen Avengers Endgame yet, because I'm going to talk about it, I have to talk about it, it's been over a week, I can't wait any longer, it will play after the interview I had with Shazza McKenzie, so you won't have to fast forward or anything, you could, right after she's done talking, if you don't want to hear about it, just stop listening, and you're done, because I think I'll talk about it for a good 10-15 minutes. So I'm trying to be nice here. I'm putting it at the end, the end game, I guess, so that you can not have to worry about fast forwarding and trying to find a part to go back in 
where you might miss something that's said that's important or you come in on something you're like oh my god who died what it's at the end very end of this the last 10-15 minutes of the podcast so coming up here Shazza McKenzie but before we do that as always the one and only DMC make this official yo yo what's up this is me DMC the K-I-N-G the greatest MC in history and right now you're listening to infinite banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be I.B. Infinite Banter. You're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm Mark Jolliffe, and right now I am pleased to announce that I'm joined by, and you've seen her in Rise and Shimmer, NXT, the current PWWA champion, hardcore Shaza McKenzie. How's it going, Shaza? Hey, going good. Going going good. Living life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you had a couple of matches over the last couple of days here. I did. So it's Sunday now, but I had Thursday, Friday, and Saturday I had shows. So now I'm I'm a bit banged up, but that's all right. I was going to say, is this like your rest day where you try to take it easy and yeah. lick your wounds? I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, I slept in, so that was that was pretty nice. Like, Luckily, I didn't get home too late last night, and I got home at around 2 a.m., so that's pretty reasonable for a wrestling trip to get home at so that was all right but then i slept in till about midday and that which is why i completely forgot that i had that. <laughs> oh, it's okay don't and worry i was like i went to the gym and then you i like got your email and i was like oh oh yep that's right i have to do yep cool <laughs> it, it's like i said i'm not that memorable it's very easy for people to forget that they're even supposed to talk to me so it's yeah. okay only bill collectors You're remember me memorable. that's it yeah <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> so me and my friend lloyd and mario we went out to shimmer and rise here at berwin just a little bit uh away from chicago and we are really impressed with the show i had first time i'd ever been to shimmer or rise and uh you had some memorable matches in there i wanted to ask you about the 30 women rumble match what was that oh like taking it i mean that that was incredible i've never seen anything like that live and so many competitors yeah. in that one i thought that it was really well done like it was so interesting to watch it what like when you get like that many people in a ring and i mean like they're not we're not all in the ring at the same time but in that sort of like rumbles and battle rails and stuff it's like it's hard to stay entertaining the entire time because they're such long drawn out matches um, and so I think everyone, I, I was, I was number 29, so I was right at the end. So I, I did, I was very much at the end of the match and didn't, wasn't in there very long, but I watched the whole thing and I was very impressed with how, um, everyone kept it so entertaining when it is such a long thing to watch. Um, so I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, it was really amazing, and that was part of the Rise Legendary event that was on the Friday, and then, yes. of course, Shimmer did show Saturday and Sunday, and you were part of all of those. Uh, I just want to bring up a couple of matches. You had a match against Thunder Rosa, which I saw on that Sunday. Yes. And uh, Super Shastastic Stunner, how did that move come about? How did you come up with that move? Um, so, well, I normally, I, like, I started doing the just the regular Shastastic Stunner just in the middle of the ring, Um jumping and into the splits and I don't I don't really remember how that sort of came about I think I was like I knew I could do the splits and at the time it wasn't there was there was there's a lot more girls now that can do the splits but at the time when I first started wrestling and back you know seven eight years ago there wasn't as many girls that were able to do the splits so it was something that I knew that I had unique that I should uh showcase so i started doing just the regular um shaztastic stunner in the middle of the ring and i don't know what, what like i just think one day i was like i was up there and we we're fighting like we we're figuring out something and i was like oh yeah i guess i could <laughs> i could just jump into the splits from here like didn't practice it because i was like well if i'm gonna pull all my muscles in my legs and be debilitated i'd rather do that in <laughs> front of the crowd uh, was, but but then it worked out fine, so right. we were all good. And um, it took a while. I used to very, very rarely bring it out, but now it's become kind of a thing that people want to see. See, we so. all are expecting it now. All the fans are looking for that moment when you pull that one out. Yeah, so now, now I have to do it a bit more, and so now my hips don't like me as much, but that's all right. <laughs> 
I think Biggie from the New Day is trying to copy you too because he was doing the splits a couple weeks in a row. But now he's hurt. Yeah. So that goes to show you. But now he's hurt because he did too many splits. See? There's only one person who could pull it off. Stop trying exactly. to copy. <laughs> <laughs> are there any moves that uh, obviously are not yours that you've always been a fan of? Like, oh, I wish I came up with that move on my own. Or I would like to use that move, but somebody else uses it. Is there, is there any moves that you're... Uh, when you're, some of your favorites, even going back, I mean, if there's anything, some, like a finisher move. athletic? Yeah. Like, I, I wish I could do anything that was super athletic. Okay. <laughs> when people are doing, like, their spiral moonsaults and stuff, I'm like, that's real cool. I can't do that, but that's real cool. <laughs> like, everything like that, I wish that I came up with and could physically do, but I can't, so... <laughs> See, you I mean, figured I, out what I've works. I've tried, but I don't, right. want, I don't want to try, because I don't want to land on my head and be debilitated no 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 we don't want to see that <laughs> yeah uh also on that shimmer uh, event uh nicole savoy she beat allison k and then they brought you out yeah. to say that you would fight in the in the championship match in the next shimmer uh talk about that match that match was such a great closing match for the uh the volume 112 it was such a great match what was that match like and that moment being brought out too that was really really important to me because um, I've been with Shimmer since 2012, so seven years. There was like a few tapings that I missed back in 2014. I missed three tapings, I think. But pretty much other than that, I've been there every taping for seven years. So a long time. And when I first started, I was in like the opening match, the opening two matches, like, you know, not I don't think anyone and myself included thought that I was ever going to go through the ranks of the shimmer roster and get to the main event um and then in about I think it was like 2016 I had like my first main event with um at shimmer which was a tag team match was me and Kelly Skater versus Shayna Baszler and um Mercedes Martinez um and then since then I've had a couple of tag team main event matches but that was my first singles main event at shimmer so and that was something i never really thought i would ever get like a shot at the shimmer championship so it was really cool to do it and it's it's really hard being the last match of the weekend because there's so much wrestling and there's so many matches and everyone's seen so many different things um so to be able to keep a crowd engaged after they've seen literally like 20 hours of wrestling in the past two days it's like that's a hard job and a tough position to be in so to be able to get the crowd behind us and uh, into the match and be able to feed off that emotion everything was really cool and it made us forget about how exhausted we were as well <laughs> yeah that match I mean you guys definitely pulled it off I mean it was a great finisher to an already exciting and awesome weekend so uh, big up to you two. You you both had a great match, and that was really, really making me want to come back and see Shimmer again because I, like I said, I had never been there before. And awesome. And I see that November second and third, Shimmer is coming back to Berwyn. I don't know if you'll be part of that show, but if you are, I'll definitely uh, be excited to see you and everybody else who's part of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely be there unless something drastic changes in the world. But <laughs> Shimmer's my home, my home away from home. So I, I, I'll be there. <laughs> right, right. And for those who can't tell, you have an Australian accent. What's uh, what's it like in America for you? And uh, how did you first get into wrestling? And what's a scene like in Australia? So Australia wrestling, like, so I first started wrestling uh, 10, 11 years ago now. I, I started training in 2007, and then I had my first match in 2008. So, oh, my gosh. Okay, we're past the 10-year. Okay. Uh -oh. Yeah, so a while ago. It's very, yeah, it was a long, long time ago. Um, and wrestling back then, especially in Australia, like, and it, like, it's still not huge in Australia by any means, but the scene has grown drastically probably in the last like two, three years, uh, compared to what it was when I first started, which was the, you know, happy if you got a hundred people through the door, like that was a good night for like you'd be celebrating and happy <laughs> that you've wrestled in front of 100 people um whereas now that would be we'd be sad if we got 100 people and we'd be like oh we've done something wrong um so yeah it's completely yeah it's a completely different ball game now it's still like i come to america because there's so much more wrestling here and there's 
Um, I think wrestling's more uh, like not commercialized, but it's more commonly watched by av- like by like casual people. Like it airs in prime time here, whereas in Australia it airs at midday on a Wednesday. Like, so it's not really like you have to want to watch wrestling if you're gonna watch the wrestling in Australia. Like, whereas here it's kind of like, yeah, on your Monday and your Tuesday night or whatever, if you're just at home flicking through channels, you might just end up watching it. Yeah, it's a lot um, more accessible here. You know, you just you just kind of happen yeah, upon exactly. wrestling, right? Where in Australia yeah, it sounds then, like it has to be an event. Like you have to say, okay, I'm gonna go watch wrestling today, as opposed to like, oh, it's on, I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like as as an adult, like you're at work all day, so you're not watching Raw or SmackDown live because it airs in the middle of the day here. So you have to be like, I'm a fan of wrestling, and I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna like TiVo it or whatever. Like we like, I'm gonna record it and watch it later. Like you have to have that intention. Whereas here, you just kind of you just watch it, and so it's yeah. Like you would never walk down a street in Australia. And just see people wearing wrestling shirts, whereas like here you're just walking down the street, you go to the shops or whatever, and every now and then there's wrestling shirts because it's just so much more accessible. You are right. I saw a guy wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt on Friday, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, you, that's Ultimate Warrior. I, Macho Man's my favorite. Remember they had that match in WrestleMania, and we were talking, and it's just like this whole thing, and you don't usually get that in other places, I guess. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many wrestlers coming from Australia. I mean, just to name a couple here, you got the Iconics, uh, the impressive Indy Hartwell, Blue Nation, Buddy Murphy, Emma, so many. Are you guys all pretty close or there's so many that it's kind of hard that you guys are all doing different things and it's hard to really stay connected? Well, it's like the ones, so Blue Nation uh, and Charlie now lives in the UK, but Jess uh, and I live in the same city and train when, well, when I'm in Australia, we train regularly together um, and we're all part of uh, PWA, which is where the Iconics first started as well. So I, when I first started wrestling, I was wrestling with them a lot and then obviously they got picked up and stuff, but I'm still very close to them. And when they won, oh my God, when they won the belts at WrestleMania, I was a big ball of crying babiness <laughs> because like it was just... It's just insane to see, like, especially, like, when you go back to, like, when we first started wrestling, the idea of anyone from Australia ever getting looked at in any way, shape, or form was just laughable. Like, if you were like, yeah, I'm going to get a WWE tryout, people would be like, you're, like, you're on crack, mate. Like, it's not (laughs) going to happen. Like, give up. Like, whereas, like, and they were just like, no, like, this is what we want. And they just kept trying and they kept going and they kept going. And then, like, I think, like, once uh, Emma got signed, I think we were all kind of like, oh, maybe this is an option. Like, maybe there is things out there. So, uh, yeah, it's just amazing to see all their hard work really pay off and to finally be getting, like, the success that they 100% 100% deserve because they're two of the hardest working women that you'll ever meet in the world and I don't think people properly comprehend how hard it would have been how, how hard it is to go from the other side of the world where there's very few eyes on what you're doing to get a WWE tryout to get signed to move your whole life over here to go through like three years of being in development and then to get on the main roster and then to win like to revolutionize women's wrestling with tag belts and be involved in that whole thing. Like, I don't think people properly comprehend how insanely amazing what they've done is. <laughs> and I think you kind of just helped a little bit because I'm starting to realize as you're saying all that, like, yeah, it really is amazing to think about. You're coming from, you know, another country, another side of the world, and it's a whole culture shock for you, I'm sure, and everybody else. And for us fans that are watching, some of us don't realize what's going on in your day-to-day lives and the whole, you know, the whole idea of coming here and yeah, being a wrestler in a in another country and learning another culture at the same time. Yeah, leaving your entire family behind to do it as well. <laughs> right, and the Iconics definitely shocked a lot of people at WrestleMania. That was a really cool moment. They are really good at, on the mic with the, with the heel work. They definitely know how to annoy the crowd, and they're doing really good with it. So <laughs> it's really fun to watch them. <laughs> have good accents. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, matches in Australia, when you do have a match there, like I was watching one you had with Tessa a couple yep. years ago, 
what's the crowd like? Is it similar to in America? Is it a different kind of, you know, a lot of times it, the crowds here like to chant and say certain things. Is, is it different, different feel or anything like that? It just depends on the show. Like, I think, and it's the same over here. It just depends on the show. You can get your very child-friendly shows and where they're, um, they just want to boo and cheer and silly, do silly things like that. Or you get your people that just want to chant, like, I'm trying to think of a horribly offensive chant. <laughs> you can go ahead and do it. You're allowed to say bad I'm, words if you want to. <laughs> uh, but I thought my brain's, I'm, I'm brain fried. But yeah, like it just, yeah, it depends on the crowd. Like we do a lot of over 18 shows and stuff now. So those crowds get really into it because they're usually very intoxicated by the time oh, that geez. the wrestling starts. <laughs> so they're very into the yelling and the and stuff like that but yeah it's it's very it is similar like it's just depends on the show i guess whether you're doing a family-friendly show or over 18s show in a bar <laughs> right well yeah as long as they stay out of the ring and don't throw beer cans at yes. you that's what we're looking for hopefully right <laughs> oh yeah yeah no that they're, they're respectful drunks <laughs> I didn't know that you could be one. Wait a minute. There is such a thing? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, speaking of Tessa, she has a match tonight with Gail Kim. That is going to be crazy in Toronto. It's going to be insane. Oh, my God. I'm very excited for that. I, I'm so happy because Gail Kim's one of my all-time favorites, and uh, I did get to meet her at Rise you know, last month, but uh, that she's coming out of retirement, and her and Tessa, you got the best of probably all time versus maybe the best now. And it's going to yeah. be some kind of match. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely insane. Like, uh, yeah, like there's no denying how um, how good Tessa is. And if there was anyone that Gail was going to come out of retirement for, like it had to be Tessa. So I'm very excited to see what they do. Is there anybody that you've never worked with that you would like to in the ring? Oh, my God, there's a million. Oh, okay. There's so many. There's so many girls that I haven't wrestled and so many guys that I haven't wrestled. That's that's why I come and I travel and because wrestling different people, even if you're not familiar with them, is just such a learning experience always and it's always completely different and that's how you grow as uh, blah, words. That's how you grow as a performer is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so like I would, I want to wrestle everyone that I haven't wrestled. Absolutely everyone. <laughs> so it's everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's it like with Allison Kay? You guys have had some matches together. She is, you know, one of the all-time greats too. She's really something to watch in the ring. What's it like working with her? Oh, I, I, I love working with um, AK. I think she's one of, yeah, like you said, one of the all-time greats. Like um, she knows what to do and when to do it and she knows uh how to be her character and she never loses her character and it's great and it's really cool for her to win um the nwa women's title yesterday that was was that yesterday i think that was yesterday my brain doesn't work anymore <laughs> yeah that was really cool to see note to self shaz's brain doesn't work so great on sundays right <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> mine's like every day so it doesn't matter but yours just maybe just on sunday maybe just sundays <laughs> Um, do you have a memorable match, like an all-time favorite that you've had, or maybe that match just hasn't come yet? Um, but my matches, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a match that I had in um, Sydney. It was it was back it was back home. Uh, the first time House of Hardcore did like a tour of Australia. They've done two now, but the first time they did a tour, um, I wrestled Madison Eagles on the Australian leg of the tour and I've, I've wrestled Madison a um, hundred times. She's one of my trainers. Um, so we're very familiar to get with each other and we've had millions of matches before this and millions of matches after it. That's an exaggeration. We haven't had millions, but <laughs> there's this one match was really cool because it was in front of 1200 uh, fans that had pretty much mainly come out because the young bucks were on the card and there was a bunch of, older WWE superstars like ex WWE superstars and stuff they weren't they weren't there to see women's wrestling they definitely weren't there to see two random indie indie women's wrestlers um that they'd never seen before but the crowd went absolutely wild for us and I was like oh my god this is like we've done it we've we've made fans from this and like and there is people that we've made fans 
from that like there is people that I know that now come to our local shows because they're like oh we saw you at that house of hardcore show and we loved your match so then we followed you on Twitter and then we found that you wrestle all the time in Australia and in Sydney and now we go to the local shows so that yeah that match will always be um the most special match until I have a more special match somehow There'll be a couple more coming up soon, I would think. Hopefully. Yeah. And I, there's one match I watched with you and Indy. It was earlier this month versus Alley Cat and Veda Scott. And uh, I was just cracking yeah. up because she has this thing where she lays on her back and she wants you to like rub her belly like you would with a pet cat. And yeah, she... she's a kitty cat. <laughs> and you said, maybe you don't remember this, but I, I couldn't stop laughing. I wrote it down. You put, I didn't travel 24 hours to rub someone's belly. I just thought that was great. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> that was fun. I love I love working with Ali Khan. I think it's such a fun character. Um, and I think she's really good in the ring as well. So she's out there working hard. I would. I love wrestling her. I, I get to wrestle her again in two weeks. Oh, so there you go. Excited. Yeah. We have to look for that. Yeah, Limitless in Maine. Everyone look it up. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of the best talkers in the rings? Anybody you work with that they almost crack you up to a point where you, you got to, you know, you got to focus more because they're so good at some of the, the ad libs and things that they say? Um, I feel like everyone is really, I, I feel like I'm really bad at it. But okay. then sometimes I'm like, no, I'm really good at it. I'm okay. But I always feel like I'm really bad at it. Um, I think Charlie Evans is hilarious. Right. Um, if you ever listen to her rambling on um, and then, Especially, oh, when you get her and Jessica Troy together, they'll ramble on for hours and you'll be like, what is going on? Make it stop. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that I, there, there's lots of people that are really good at just talking crap, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, Mercedes was pretty funny in a couple of her uh, uh, matches in Shimmer, too. She said some stuff that uh, – yeah. She was something about rearranging someone's face. She's like, I was helping her face or something. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Good lulls. Yes. <laughs> what's uh, what's traveling like? I mean, there's cities you like, dislike, and if you're afraid to say which cities you don't like, I'll, I won't. You know, <laughs> I won't force you. <laughs> but is there any cities that you uh, you do like, at least in in America well, or even I, even across the globe? Well, yeah. I currently I'm staying in Philly. I love Philly because I think it's like well, especially right now the weather's really nice. It's like the perfect mix between it's not too hot and it's not too cold so i'm having a fantastic time here i do like um, philly i've been there once like, yeah i think i think it's just a nice city i like feel like i'm very east coast i really like new york as well um my husband hates new york so he <laughs> hates when i'm like let's go to new york but i really <laughs> like new york and like the over wrestlemania week we got to see a bit more of like i guess like outside of like the touristy area of new york so um, and I was like, oh, no, this is really nice. Like, this is, I get why people live here. This is, I mean, it's expensive as all hell. Like, right. So I don't understand why you've done that. But, you know, I understand why people would want to live here. Um, and, yeah, and, like, Jersey City I really liked as well. So I, I, this whole area, I like, this little, like, East Coast area, I, I'm very much, I think I'm an East Coast person. I mean, until I'm here in wintertime, and then I'll be like, what the hell have I done with my life? Oh, jeez. And, of course, I have to yeah. ask you about Chicago, where I'm at right now. When you guys were in uh, for Berwyn, oh did you get to go to Chicago? I mean, what's it like when you guys – do you even have time to hang out, or is it you guys stuck in hotels? We, and No. So we literally – last year in April, which was my 10th trip to Chicago, I finally said I'm going to book a flight that like is days later – so I spent, uh, I spent, I think I spent two or three days. Um, I like got an Airbnb with um, Steph Delander. Uh, me and her just stayed in an Airbnb in the city, and we like did all the touristy things. And I finally actually saw Chicago, the city, because after seven years, I hadn't seen it at all. Oh, good, <laughs> I'd good. Just seen airport, airport, bow and eagles, and my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much if you didn't stay a couple days extra. Yes. Yeah. I was finally like, I was like, I need to see Chicago. I've been here so many times. I need to know what it's actually about. Yeah. Berwyn doesn't really count. <laughs> it's not really Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. I was going to ask you too. I saw online that you uh, were a singer growing up or you were at least attempting to be a singer? <laughs> I, that, when I was a child, all I wanted to do was be like a singer and a dancer. And 
used to do like talent contests and like all, all that stuff. Like I was very into it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is my life, but I can't, I can't sing for the life of me now. Cause <laughs> at that time I was like, because you, you train to sing, like you do singing lessons and you train your voice and you have to constantly, it's the same as like going to the gym. You have to constantly be training it, uh, especially if you're not like a, a natural, like, I I mean, I don't think I'm not natural. I don't know. I was okay. I think I did pretty good. Like I got some first place prizes and stuff, so I must have been okay. Well, that's, that's better um, than most of us. I mean, yeah, like now, now I'm not, I'm not good at the singing, but <laughs> I, when I when I was like a you know like young to like teenager level, I was that was very much my goal. And then I found wrestling, and I was like, "No, nah, this is this is what I'm going to do instead." You could maybe sing your own entrance music, or is that ever a thought? I I don't think I, I tried to rap my own entrance Uh-oh. music one time, and that was horrible. Uh oh, I didn't. It never made the light like the 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 like light of day or anything, but. At one point, we're like, oh, let's just do a rap, whatever, just because why not? It was it was horrible. But, you know, we do what we do. <laughs> well, hip-hop's my favorite music, so I'm kind of intrigued, but maybe a little scared to hear what a what your, what your rap song would have you don't been. Want, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What are some of the, uh, the events you've got coming up? So this week, I only have one this week. So on Friday, I'm in, I think it's, I fly into Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not entirely sure where I'm going, but from there i think it's a little far further from there um but i'm doing the making towns classic um on friday and then next week i'm on friday i'm up in uh, like on the 10th i'm up in uh maine for limitless and then i'll be back in uh philadelphia for shikara on saturday and then on the sunday i'm going to texas for the first time uh for wrestle circus and then more and more like there's, there's lots of wrestling <laughs> uh, the week after that i go to where do i go i go to chicago on the friday for freelance and then where am i on this and then i'm in north carolina for queens of combat on the 18th and then on the 19th i'm in connecticut for blitz blitz krieg pro and then yeah there's just lots of stuff and then i'm going to vegas for starcast and that's gonna I don't be know, awesome. At some point, I'm sleeping. <laughs> so somewhere in between. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> somewhere in between that, I might go to sleep. <laughs> uh, one last thing before I let you go: Endgame, the big Avengers movie. And I talk about comic book stuff on here all the time. Are you a fan of any of this kind of stuff? Did you watch Endgame? Are you into superhero I, movies? I haven't watched Endgame yet. I won't say anything. It's been like two days, and I've <laughs> been wrestling so i think i'll probably end up seeing it next weekend because i have only one booking and i'm like well i suppose that means i'm supposed to go see endgame then um but yeah like i've followed the whole marvel franchise since since it started or whatever like i don't i'm not i haven't really watched read any comics but I've followed the movies and stuff, so I'll definitely go see Endgame, but I haven't seen You'll it enjoy yet. it. It's three hours, so yes, you've got to... Yeah. You have to definitely commit. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm awake for it. <laughs> too. You don't want to I'm fall asleep. Exhausted. What did you think of Endgame? Yeah. Oh, I fell asleep. Why, it's that bad? No, yeah. I'm just tired. I was wondering, does your ring attire, when you have the blue and the red, is that anything like a Supergirl reference, or is that just colors? Yeah, it yeah, is? that's what it is. Ah. Yeah, it, was a, it was a Supergirl reference. I got, like, Sailor Moon gear as well, but then... As soon as I washed it, the red went into the white, and then I was like, "Oh, cool! That was fun." <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's yeah, that's what the it's supposed to be a Supergirl reference or mm. mock of or something. I don't know. Nice. That's where it's inspired from. And just to sound corny for a second, when my girlfriend left for work today, I did the heart sign with my two hands, <laughs> put them together, just so you know. <laughs> Good. I've never done that in my life, but because I knew I was talking to you today, it was kind of in my head. You were like, and I, <laughs> you were like this is, I have to do it. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know, I'm doing like a Care Bear thing. I'm doing something with my hands. I'm making a heart, and I'm like, oh my God, did I just do that? <laughs> this is just happening. Oh no. She appreciates it, so that's all that matters. And if anybody wants that to call me corny, cool. that's on them. Oh, thank you so much. Where can people follow you? I know you're you're funny on Twitter and you're on Instagram. And anything you want to plug as far as like where they can follow you and see what you're up to next and what's yeah. the best way to you know, stay in tune with where, where you're at. So my Instagram and my Twitter are both at Shazza underscore McKenzie. And then my Facebook is forward slash Shazza McKenzie pro wrestler. 
Um, I'm not really good at updating my Facebook, which is bad. <laughs> it's mainly just stuff posted on Instagram being shared to That's Facebook, what I do. But... You're not the only one, so you're good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see. But there's, there's sometimes I put other stuff there. Who knows? Um, and then if you want to buy my merchandise, uh, I have a Pro Wrestling Tees store, so prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Shazza McKenzie. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll have my, my dates and stuff I post on my Twitter and my Instagram usually, so you'll be able to know where to find me and, and we can watch wrestling together or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really important. Watching wrestling together is the most important thing. If you get anything out of this podcast that I'm doing and talking with you here is that that is what it's all about. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the Infinite Banter podcast. I really appreciate it. It was, it was really Really awesome to talk with you and, and for you giving me your time. and oh, Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Shaz. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, enough time has passed. It's time to talk about Endgame. Got to get it out of the way. I have to talk about it. I can't just sit on it anymore. It's been over a week. It's time to talk about this movie. The big ending to the over 10 years, 22 films of Marvel movies. This is it. This is what it all leads up to. This is the big blockbuster ending that we've all waited for. Many of you probably haven't seen all 22 movies. Some of you have maybe seen a handful. What I will do first before I talk about Endgame, if there's anybody out there, I'm going to do a little bit of a like a PSA or like a starter kit for you guys. If there's anybody who hasn't seen Endgame and is curious about jumping in now, I don't think you need to watch. I mean, of course it would enhance it if you saw all 22, but that's fine. If there's maybe somebody who wants to jump in maybe see like five movies instead of 22 movies. What I would say is it probably wouldn't hurt to see Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I mean, you're skipping a lot, but I I think these are the essentials to get caught up. Captain America, Civil War, Captain Marvel, and then, of course, you would have to see Infinity War. If you haven't seen Infinity War, I don't even know why you'd even consider seeing Endgame. Essentially, Infinity War and Endgame, it's like one movie cut in half. It's almost like... Kill Bill Volume One, Kill Bill Volume Two. It's it's one long movie, like you can call, you can call it like almost a six hour movie that's been cut in half in two parts. Basically, Endgame is essentially the payoff. As a comic book fan, Endgame does what I've always loved as a comic book fan. When you get a story arc that maybe starts in one title, let's say you're a big Spider Man fan, you always buy Spider Man, but then the story branches off into Iron Man. So essentially you have to go get that Iron Man comic for a couple of issues to finish the Spider-Man storyline, which then might branch off into like West Coast Avengers or Secret Wars or something like that. And then that'd be part of like a mini series like Secret Wars or you know, Secret Invasion or House of M or whatever. Name, name your mini series from, you know, whatever era of comic books that you read. And this applies to DC as well. It's not just Marvel. You would read a comic book and then you would get another one and get another one. And the payoff would be that if you read multiple titles, the story would all kind of come together. And when you see the final, the final end of the story arc, if you've been a good collector or a good comic book reader, you know what's going on as opposed to someone who maybe just reads one title and like, I don't understand what's going on. Who's this guy? Who's, who's Nova? I don't understand what Nova's doing in my story. You know, you wouldn't understand it. What Stan Lee always did in a lot of the editors, they'd even tell you this happened in issue 113. Go back and you can read it or we're just kind of giving you an idea. And it'll say in the comic book, it'll say issue 113. This is when this happened. So what I liked about Endgame is they did that a lot. There's a lot of callbacks because it's a time heist movie. There's a lot of going back. So they would show you little clips from the first Avengers or from Ultron or whatever movie. They would show you either a different point of view or an actual scene like that uh, that iconic one where all the Avengers in the first movie are all kind of lined up in that circle and they're getting ready to fight. They go back to that. So for those of us maybe who forgot about those movies or haven't seen them in a while, or maybe if you just haven't seen them, period, it does take you back a little bit and it's kind of like, hey, this is what happened so it kind of reminded me of when I would see in the comic books, it'd say, issue number, what, blah, 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 go back and check out what happened, and this is why this is happening now. It's a callback. Lots of callbacks in this movie. So as a comic book fan, I really appreciate what they've done. They've basically said, you've invested all this time, all this money, all this effort, all this energy into these movies for over 10 years, 22 films. We're just going to give you this nice big conclusion, and it's great. <laughs> it's, it's really a satisfying movie. 
it's not the best movie of all the Marvel ones, but it's definitely probably the most satisfying and it just felt great to watch. Um, so many things with it. To me, it feels like this movie is the Iron Man redemption story or the Captain America finale story arc. Because as we know, at the end of the movie, Captain America decides that he no longer wants to be Captain America and he goes back in time and just becomes a regular dude, hands a shield to Falcon, and Falcon in the comic books does become Captain America, as does Bucky, the Winter Soldier. So I think they both have a series coming out, uh, Bucky and Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. So that'll probably play into that. But uh, yeah, as a comic reader, that was a pretty cool moment because I remember when that happens, when Falcon dons the outfit or even when Bucky does it for a period of time, too. So we'll see if it goes beyond Falcon. But that's pretty cool that he's going to be Captain America coming up. But basically, this movie was also to bring back the original Avengers and make them the frontline characters. I mean, it was Hawkeye had a really big role in this movie, and he wasn't even in the last one. We haven't really seen much of him in a while. Other than maybe having uh, Ant-Man in it a little bit and War Machine, you really have the main core Avengers from that first Avengers movie. It's a focal point of this film. One thing I would nitpick is that after all the buildup for Captain Marvel, it didn't really get a lot of her in this movie. She's in it at the beginning. She's in it at the end, but there's like a whole hour and whatever it is that she's not even anything. She's not even in it. I would have liked to see more of her because I felt like she was built up quite a bit from her movie and the tie-ins with the pager and it just seemed like she just wasn't, wasn't in it enough. So I would have liked to see more of her. I love the stuff they did with Thor, Fat Thor, uh, Fat Gamer drinking beer all the time. Uh, oh, it's awesome they brought back Valkyrie. She's in this. That's great. They have Hulk, as, and, and Hulk is now like the Hulk I read before, where Bruce Banner and Hulk kind of coexist, where Hulk is smart, like Banner, talks normal. That was really cool to see. It wasn't just grunting Hulk. Although part of me didn't want to see Hulk just destroy everything and just beat the crap out of Thanos, but we never really got that moment. I thought Ant-Man and War Machine had some of the best lines in the movie. They were some of the some of the real comedic parts. Because this is such a heavy movie. I mean, the first hour, hour and a half of this movie never really got going with action. But it was never slow. I have to say that. It's a three-hour movie, and I never once felt like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. It went by fast. The pace is really good. I could have stayed another half hour. probably wouldn't have even realized. And a key thing here, the movie theater put up signs saying there are no end credits. I knew that going in because I looked it up, but also I was glad that they told people that so people get out of that theater so the next wave of people can come in because the lines are really long. It's hard to get in there and uh, get your seats and everything like that. It's the first time ever in my lifetime, and I'm over 40, that I've had to ever wait in lines to get into a movie. Never had to do it before, but I brought my 8-year-old nephew with me because he rides at me for all these movies and... uh I had to see it in you know an hour when other people go see them. So it's like a Saturday at 2 in the afternoon. And I'd rather probably go at like 10 in the morning or something, but when there's nobody at a theater. So anyway, it was a long line, but it was well worth it. And uh, definitely pee before you get in there. And I don't, I don't feel like there's any reason to have to go to the bathroom during this movie. I saw online people were saying like, oh, here's a spot where you can go pee. How about this? Just take a piss before you sit down. It's really simple. And don't drink a giant big gulp while you're sitting in there. I don't. I never understood that. You don't have to get up. And, I never get up during a movie. I'm not drinking like a 64-gallon thing of pop. So nor should you. It was pretty cool seeing Thanos' head get chopped off at the beginning and then seeing him go down finally at the end. I mean, that last, it felt like looking at a George Perez two-page fold-out of, you know, every character on, on two pages. Everybody's in it when the... When the circles, I don't know what you call those things that Doctor Strange does, where they come from different realms or whatever, and they all start coming in, and you've seen all the ones that passed in the last movie. You see Black Panther and Doctor Strange, and everybody's coming out. It's really cool. The crowd is going nuts. And I think the best part is when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer, the crowd went berserk, and he's using it and wielding it against Thanos. And I like the hot potato game they're playing with. Because what happens, Tony Stark makes his own version of the gauntlet. And it gets passed from different characters. Spider-Man has it, and Black Panther has it. And it's kind of like a hot potato, like almost like a loose football, like somebody fumbled it and everybody's picking it up. I know I'm skipping a lot of stuff. Like I said, I don't have a lot of dislikes. I mean, I would have liked more Captain Marvel and uh, would have liked maybe for a little more action at the beginning. But they really did a good job of just setting up. It kind of felt like like a movie that was just more of like a, a heist film. But it was time heist. And, you know, sometimes when you're 
explaining going back in time. It does get convoluted, gets confusing, and I like the references of Back to the Future and Hot Tub Time Machine. I've never even seen that movie, but I at least I know what it's about. I don't have to see it. It's just really well done. They did a great job with this, and I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, if I grade it on five stars, I would have to put it four, four and a half. I still like Infinity War a little bit better. It's still fresh in my head. I got to watch it again. I, I It's hard for me to like, I'm still digesting what I watched. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm still trying to get, you know, get through it. So if I watch it again, maybe I'll have a different point of view, think of it differently. But it's definitely, uh, of the 22 Marvel movies, it's definitely in the top five, maybe top 10 at, at worst. Some really cool callbacks. So many cameos in this. I didn't even notice at the end when they're doing the Tony Stark funeral, the kid from Iron Man 3, I'm not really a big fan of Iron Man 3, it's it's kind of a letdown, but there's a kid that he meets in that. I guess that's the kid at the end during the funeral who's he's obviously gotten older, and he's standing there when they start panning to show all the characters, and you know Nick Fury comes out, and it was really cool to see that, but a really, really good movie. I can't say enough about it. I want to see it again so I can catch a lot of the things that I missed. What they really did with this movie is they did a really good job of just taking everything you've seen, all the movies, all the characters, made everything relevant. Even movies like Thor Dark World or... And I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, the Ant-Man movies. Or What they did was, at least, is that if you invested time in every one of these movies, it all came back. It wasn't a waste of time for you. Whether you liked the movie or not, but it was prior to Endgame. All of that matters. All those characters matter. All those timelines matter. All those decisions that were made and plots and conclusions and scenes at the end of credits all of them tie in together and it all matters all of it matters and like I said at the beginning of this if you haven't seen a lot of the movies really what you can do if you just want to do like a real quick version and this is it's not really quick to watch six seven movies but try to watch like the last three years of Marvel movies you'd be doing a disservice not watching the first Iron Man movie because this is really where it's all started and like I said, I really feel like this movie is the uh, the Iron Man. Here it is. Iron Man started this thing. Iron Man ended this thing. It's like that's really what it came down to. Maybe Captain America being like the subplot of the Iron Man story to me. May, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but that's how it felt. I feel like this is the Iron Man movie. Maybe also Captain America. I don't know what they're going to do going forward with the characters. Uh, Black Widow is gone, and there's supposed to be a movie with her coming out. I don't know if that's going to be a prequel. Maybe she somehow survives this. Uh, Vision does not come back. He is definitely done. But all the characters, all the the 50% of the universe that was snapped away by Thanos, that all returns. But I think going forward, I've said this before, I do believe that they're going to redo the Avengers lineup. And that's fine, because that's what they did in the comic books all the time. You know, the original Avengers didn't stay that way forever. A few years later, people like Scarlet Witch and Falcon and... Black Knights. I mean, characters that haven't even been introduced in the movies end up in there. This is, I know this is a big reach, but there's a small part of me. It's like, oh, man, wouldn't it be awesome if Daredevil or Luke Cage somehow ended up in this or Punisher? And I'm a huge Moon Knight fan. I would just kill for Moon Knight to show up in one of these things or just give him a movie already. So I'm, I'm really excited for the future of Marvel because I think what they're doing here, kind of like what Star Wars did with The Last Jedi, when Luke throws that lightsaber over his back shoulder, he's saying, everything that you've seen before this, we're now moving forward. Kind of feel like that's what they're doing here. They're, they're getting rid of some of these characters so they could introduce new ones and have a new audience. And uh, the characters that we all grew up reading, if you haven't been keeping up with some of the newer characters and some of the, that, they did that with Spider-Man Multiverse. They're, they introduced Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen. So they're doing the same thing here, I believe. They're going to bring in some new Avengers, some new characters, they're going to be in the forefront, and maybe four or five years down the line, maybe you bring back Iron Man. Maybe you bring back the Steve Rogers Captain America. Maybe you do something else to kind of tie it all together, make it even bigger and deafer. LL Cool J reference. Bigger and deafer than it was before. So really great movie. Go out and see it. It's three hours. That should not make you worried about having to use the bathroom or anything. Just go to the bathroom first. Get some food. Sit down. You, there's really no points that you can get up and leave. And I'm definitely going to go see it again. I have to. I, I missed. I feel like I missed something because when you're watching it the first time, you're just trying to absorb what you're watching. And now that I've seen it, now I can look for little things that I might have missed the first time. So go check it out. Uh, can't say enough good things about it. It's definitely top 10 um, Marvel movies of all time, top 10 superhero movies of all time, comic book adaptation movies of all time. I mean, there's really 
nowhere to fault this thing. It's uh, like I said, my only nitpick thing is I wish there was a little more Captain Marvel. So definitely go check it out. Uh, Avengers Endgame really, really lived up to expectations, and I'm sure it's killing. I think it did like 1.2 billion in the box office last week. It's probably still doing the same this week. So definitely worth the weights and the time and the effort that they put into it. They took a big idea and made it work in a movie. And uh, I don't think a lot of other franchises could have pulled this off. DC, if you're listening, this is how you do it. They tried to fix things with Shazam. Hopefully they're on the right track now. All right, that's it for another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. Thanks to Shaza McKenzie for coming on with me. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Shaza underscore McKenzie. Really glad to have spoken with her and excited to see where the future holds for her and independent wrestling. Endgame was great. Go see it. Stop procrastinating if you haven't seen it yet. Go check it out. I was at uh, the comic book store, and uh, a couple people I know that work there, shout out to Lashita, by the way, she said she hadn't seen it yet and hadn't seen Captain Marvel and another one that I can't remember. Oh, Shazam. And uh, she <laughs> it was announced in the comic book store that Monday, all bets are off. Everybody gets to talk about it. Spoilers for everyone. So, yeah, those of you who haven't seen it, Get out there and watch it so we can start talking about it and stop worrying about who hasn't seen it yet. And also, uh, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, MCA from the Beastie Boys had passed away on May 5th, 2012. I'll never forget where I was. I was sitting at a Cubs game watching it, got the text on my phone, and I'm one of those dudes that when someone texts me or calls about something like that happening, I need real confirmation. I can't just go by what someone's telling me. And I remember I looked it up, and it's it's been rough, man, because... Uh, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, those are like my three favorite groups. Wu Tang Tribe, you know, that's like those are that's that's my essentials right there. So always uh reminisce about MCA around this time. So I, I remember I talked about Check Your Head last week. You know, maybe I might play it this week in uh in honor of the one and only MCA. But uh thanks again for listening. As always, uh you can find us on podcast.com, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play. And just add it to iTunes and Apple Podcast. Twitter at Infinite Banter. Same for Facebook. On Instagram, you can bother me at DJ Soundwave75. That is also where you can find me on Twitter. So thanks for checking me out. Big up for everybody for listening. Thanks again to Shaza McKenzie. Really appreciate her time and coming on the podcast with me. And in the immortal words of MCA, I never rock the mic with the panty hose. See you guys next week. I'm out. <laughs>